Testing one, two, three. Testing one, two, three. Welcome to episode one, two, three of the Parkrun Adventurers. My name is Scott, the 100% committed host of the Parkrun Adventurers podcast. I hope, I hope that my co-host Mel Urbacher is with me. Mel, are you there? I'm here. What oh. you you saying that you are 100% committed implies that I am not also 100% committed. I just my focus is 100% on the parkrun adventurers. You know, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> having you know dalliances with other podcasts. And I got these list of demands from your agent this morning, and you know, I'm requesting that I had a I fitted into your schedule, and the list of demands was a bit outrageous. I didn't, when did you bring the agent on? Well, you know, obviously I am in demand, Scotty, so I felt it was time to bring an agent on <laughs> to represent my needs and requirements. Yeah, just go through a couple of list of demands that you've included. Um, the pineapple chocolate on supply, that's fine. I can organise that. Uh, in all written communication, she's to be referred to as the Queen of the Sunshine Coast. I didn't think you... You thought that yourself like that? Um, well, look, Her Majesty will be fine if you can't manage the full title. Founder founder of the number one parkrun podcast in Australia. Not technically correct, but I'll, I'll, I'm happy to go along with that. The last <laughs> co -founder? one. Co-founder? Uh, yeah, co-founder, yeah. Um, the last one, uh, to laugh at regular two-minute intervals. Well, yeah, because I'm hilarious. Okay, so and I just have to meet that quota. So every two minutes... <laughs> That was hilarious, Mel. Is that, is that what you're <laughs> That works. After? That works. Okay. okay. Pretty much. I, I wasn't expecting you to read out the list of demands on the podcast, uh, so that's a little bit awkward. Yeah. But you know what? I don't have a shame gland or an embarrassment gland, so I'm okay with that. Okay. Well, I'm just going to set a timer for that uh, last clause. The rest is fine. Um, but, uh, yeah, so just just give me a nudge if I don't hit that uh, two-minute Quota, but uh, all this is in reference to your. Are you leaving me, or are we just sharing you these days? Uh, I, there's enough of me to go around. Okay. I can share the love, Scotty. Good, good, because um, you're invited onto with me now podcast next week, which is great. Which means we don't have to do a podcast next week because too much of Mel Urbacker is not a good thing. So we're just going to do. Are we not podcasting next week? Well, I thought your focus would be on with me now. I don't want you to you know, have to come up with you know, witty repartee with me and Danny next week. So I'm giving you well, a week you're off. you're two completely different people, Scotty. So um, I thought you were 100% committed. I, I'm 100% committed. I was still going to be here next week. But, okay. hey, you know, if you need a break, that's okay. okay. No, no, no. Good, good. We're, we're back for episode one, two, four next week on the podcast. But that's all a bit exciting, Mel. And um, so with me now, if you're not following along at home, uh, Danny and Nicola relaunched their podcast after a three-year break. I'm sure most of you know about it. went really well. And um, Nicola's taking some time off, so you're filling in next week. So we get double. I now. am. And, and the invitation to do so was as much a surprise to me as I think it was to Nicola and probably everybody else who was listening to the podcast when Danny mentioned it. So, um, but very complimented, very flattered. I to like be it. Asked. I like it when they do their planning on the fly, very much like what we do. Yes. Absolutely. Which, which leads to our guest later on today, 
we, we teased about it a couple of weeks ago, so look forward to that. But let's go back to podcasts, Mel. I want to know, before you started doing this podcast as the founder, apparently, um, did you were you into podcasts? Did you listen to podcasts regularly? The only ones that I would say that I listened to regularly were The Parkrun Show and The Parkrun Show Australia. So, but before Parkrun, I didn't really know about podcasts or or listen or tune into any. Okay. Um, you- I've I've dabbled with different topics and things like that apart from from those since then, but nothing has stuck. Nothing is, you know, um on my subscribe list, I don't get notifications about a whole bunch of things every week anymore. <laughs> and um, got so, the two well done. <laughs> yeah, I just the time it went over. Uh, so, would you say you've been converted? So, are you a podcast listener now, or do you still just exclusively listen to Parkrun podcasts still? Um, I don't want to say exclusively. I exclusively subscribe to Parkrun podcasts, but I do from time to time. If something gets recommended to me, um, have a listen to something else. How about you, Scotty? Well, I've been a long-time convert of the old podcast. I've loved them for many years. And, I know you've um, got some NFL ones in there that I rate do. highly. I do. I do love my NFL, which we've talked about before. I don't mind a bit of the odd basketball podcast here and there, usually just in season. I get excited about basketball in season, but out of season, it, it drifts from my mind. There's a couple of good Does rain podcasts. Does it not podcasts. distract you when you just hear the sound of the ball going doing, 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 doing the whole time? Oh, no, it's a bit like um, you know, when you listen to a parkrun podcast, it's not us running, Mel. So basketball podcasts, they don't actually play. Oh, let's they're talk, just talking about basketball. Talk about okay. Yeah. Well, see, uh, that's that's actually a contradiction because we have several times podcasted whilst running, etc. So you know, I didn't think it was too much of a stretch. This is true. This is true. But let me get on to. There's a couple of other running podcasts uh, that I'm sure many of our listeners do listen to, but if they don't, they can search it. Remember our old mate Brady. Uh, we had him on last year when he was talking about Tell Me Your Tales podcast. That's taken a little bit of a break, but he's put all his energy into Inside Running podcast, which is probably the number one running podcast. Not probably, is the number one running podcast in Australia. These days, they regularly put out uh, a weekly pod, good content. Love it if you if you love talking splits and training. and The real nuts and bolts behind it. Yep. Yep, and there's another one by a couple of Melbourne guys that I've um, latched onto lately. It's called Runner Chats. If you want to put that into your podcast app or whatever, give that a listen. It's very Melbourne-focused, so they're, they're two guys in Melbourne, and I think all their guests come from Melbourne. But don't, you know, that's probably a good thing, really. Sounds very niche. Um, and then there's also, of course, Marathon Talk and our old, old mate, Robbo who's coming up later in the podcast, he's going to tell us about his new one, which is the Marathon Mystery Tour with Mona, who I happened to uh, parkrun with on Saturday. Did you now? I did. Well, he was he was at the same parkrun as me. I didn't see him. Was, uh... <laughs> <laughs> you can still claim it. Yeah. I'm yeah. sure there's probably a whole bunch of other people that have claimed it. Well, it was because it was at Albert Park. I went to Albert Park, and I have this habit whenever I go to Albert Park of getting there exactly at 8 o'clock. So I don't think I've ever really heard or seen a pre-run brief at Albert Park because I usually just go to the start line. And um, so I missed Miss Monas at the front and 
He was a bit quicker than me on the day. Really? He was. He was. He was taking I find this shocking. <laughs> but so was I. I had a run with Yvonne. It was just um, the two of us. And we tried this run-walk technique that I reckon is a good technique if you're getting back into running, Mel. And who's getting back into running, you or Vonnie? <laughs> oh, hilarious. The way you ask those questions. Um, Yvonne, Yvonne's getting back. Well, we both are, so I've stopped running. But Yvonne's excited about running now, but ha- have ha- has had a bit of time off. So she's And she's getting ready for Streaky September, which is coming back. Ah, we've got a yeah. month, people. We've got a month to get ready to do this again. But the old technique of running, walking, running, walking, I reckon it's pretty good. Have you ever tried it? I have. Um, I not not um, you know, religiously or anything like that. I do know it used to irk me that I would you know be plodding along at my little pace um, at park run, and the people that run walk, they have a tendency of just you know overtaking you, and then they slow down, and you overtake them very very slowly, and then they speed up again. And then you overtake them very, very slowly. And I kind of find that a bit frustrating. Yeah. I just sometimes I just want my personal space. And I don't I don't like playing cat and mouse with, with somebody. Um, but you know, obviously everybody participates however they like and, and those people are um, you know, doing their best. Usually they get a better time than me and they beat me. Maybe that's why <laughs> it um miffs me a little bit, Scotty. Yeah. Um Look, I can imagine. But, you so know, we, we were doing it on Saturday, and there was a RMA park runner who was around the same time, and I, f- I did feel a bit guilty that we'd kept running past her, uh, and then she just would overtake us when we did the walk. Ah, see, so you were those people. We were those people, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, I'm sure she um, she didn't get annoyed at you at all for doing that. I hope but not. yeah, it is it is a good strategy, especially when you're trying to build up, and it's it's good for speed as well. Um, I mean, it's, it's kind of like fartlek, but with a slower pace, isn't it? Yep. yep. I will say, in my defence, I did try to apologise to this RMA parkrunner, but she had her headphones in, so she didn't hear me. So okay. this is, I'm going to start a campaign. Mel, we're starting a campaign to get people on the app, and I'm going to start a campaign. People, stop wearing your headphones to parkrun. I know some people love it, but for one run a week, don't put your headphones in a parkrun. For this well, instance, that might be treat it like a race. only run each week, Scotty. Well, I'm allowed to start a campaign that divides the nation. And, um, you are, but don't include me in that because it's not a we are starting this campaign. No, I said it's me. You are. Me. Yeah, and then you said we after that. Okay. So I, I would like to move myself from Scotty Trickett's campaign. If you do, and I mean, it could be working against me because they could be listening to us at Parkrun. But if you are, just try a couple of weeks without. And see if it's better. And if it's not, at least you try it. At least you can tell me you tried. But I don't like. I don't like it. <laughs> Opportunities missed to have a conversation with me. <laughs> it messes with your ego, doesn't it? You it don't like be. being ignored. <laughs> I'm used to it, but yeah, it does mess with my ego. <laughs> As we've mentioned, Mel and I are massive fans of the Parkrun Virtual Volunteer, and we want to learn more about it. We want to learn about the development, why we're using it, and all the troubles and challenges and triumphs they've had developing it. So we went straight to the source. 
Welcome to the Parkrun Adventurers, Penny Redhead from Newy Parkrun, but also from Newism, the developers of the Parkrun app. Welcome, Penny. Thanks, Scott. It's nice to be here. That was that was probably my longest intro ever. You can tell that I'm excited <laughs> about this app. Um, oh, good. Let's let's take it back to the start and how this came about because we we're, we're leading the world. The Aussies are pioneering something that um, the rest of the parkrun world has adopted. Yes, very exciting from that perspective as well. But um, I'll, I'll try and give you the, fir- the, the short version. Um, I've been an event director for about four or five years, and we might talk about that in a little while. But um, I, my business partner, Levi, got a little bit ty- tired of me coming to work on a Monday morning, probably about once a month, saying I've had issues with scanners or, or stopwatches. And, um, and so, you know, after about six months of this, uh, we started looking around to see if there's any solutions out there in the market. Uh, I tried to contact Parkrun, but, you know, in in their defence, I guess they would be inundated. We all get those emails, you know, do you need an app? Do you need a website? So it probably wasn't the best approach at the time. But um, so we decided just to make a prototype. We weren't really sure what was going to happen with it. Uh, We just thought we would build something and see where it went from there, possibly to um, use locally, uh, Australia-wide, maybe for different athletics groups as well as parkrun. So, yeah, we we just began the process from there. Uh, One consideration that we did have was doing it our own bat and spending time on our own doing it. We obviously needed some source of, I guess, revenue or some some way to maintain this app long term because it wasn't viable just to do it on our own and, and you know, give it away for free. So um, I think we released a very early beta version. I think it was even in trial mode and then, and then Parkrun got wind of it. So we ended up speaking directly to Parkrun UK who had said they'd had a few attempts at doing a similar app in the past uh, with not much success. I think there was just a few hurdles that they just couldn't overcome with with some of their previous attempts, perhaps developers, perhaps the design, I'm not really sure. Uh, so, yeah, they approached us and, and formally engaged us, engaged us about 12, nearly 12 months ago now. And so we've been developing the app from there. So I hope that, I hope that was short enough for you. <laughs> Penny, I'm not... Um I'm not afraid of technology. I, I'm willing to try new things and, and test them out. But by the same token, I, I have no idea how it works. Like when people say they build an app, I've got no concept of what's involved in that. Are you able to give us kind of a brief overview in lay people's terms for, for people like myself who don't really get it? Well, I'm not an app developer, but I can try. <laughs> so I, when I when I first started this process, what I did was wrote a technical spec, so I knew exactly how the app had to function. And as an event director and a volunteer, I'd done timing and scanning before. So I also did some um, conceptual screens so that when I handed that to our development team, they knew exactly the flow and how that process had to work with some with some documentation explaining how that had to work as well. Uh, and they obviously develop the code. They do it in for, for an app these days. Native code means that you have to develop code for iOS devices and then you have to redevelop it again for Android devices. So there's actually two two applications, I suppose, rolled into rolled into one concept, but they're they're, they're actual separate builds. Um, and then once it's that once that's been 
built in code uh, with with the design elements or design assets, then that's deployed to the Apple Store and to the Google Play Store. But, you know, obviously that's a fairly long process to get. It, it, it is very much like building a software application or a program. It's a standalone little application that sits on your phone. When you first were contacted by Parkrun UK, did you think you were in trouble or were you worried about what they were going to do to you? Yeah, we did. <laughs> we when when we when we promoted this um, Parkrun compatible app, um, they sent us an email saying, you know, we we don't really want you using that term. Um, we don't want we don't want using any branding. I don't know whether we had branding, but we if we did, we may have removed it. But we retained the Parkrun compatible and put a copyright notice on there to say that we didn't we weren't associated with the brand itself. Um, but it wasn't long before we started talking with them and realising, you know, they were, they were great. They they just said, look, we, we want to partner with organisations like yourself who know that we can get, that can deliver something really valuable to us and you've proven that in this prototype that you've got. That's exactly what we want and we want to take it further. So I guess it was a very short space of time for that to actually happen. Uh, so, yeah, that was really positive and um, everything's been really positive since. So I've been working together to to just do some tweaks and to, to, to get it out onto market. So that, that is really good. Did Parkrun Global ever hint at how many times or how many attempts they've had at trying to develop a nap? Because it, like, it looks pretty simple. It's, it's just a stopwatch and a scanner. But obviously a few people had a go at it, and this is the one that they've settled on. So there must have been something special or unique about your app that got them interested. I think... Um, I think the part, well, I only know of, we only discussed really one, sorry, <clears throat> one app that they had tried to roll out. And I think the developer um, perhaps took some shortcuts in, there's a couple of ways of developing apps. It's, a, it's either a native version, so you build it for iOS, and then another version for Android, or there's something else that you can develop in code and then put it into what's called an app wrapper and then deploy it to store from there. So I think they took that that shortcut version, but I think there'd been other attempts before. And I think the difference with this app that we developed was that as a user, an end user, I knew exactly what it needed to to, ha- to happen. I We had some, we were trialling some free apps for quite some time for stopwatch um, or timekeeping before we developed. And things like, there was lots of advertising on this free app that we were using and there was very small buttons. And the first thing I briefed when I was designing this app was the button has to take up almost half the screen on the on the phone so no one can miss it when they're timing. So things like that, I think, made a real difference. So it wasn't only the functionality, it was also the usability. So we just made sure we got that right. And like I said, I was an end user, so that, that was pretty, I think, easy and a smooth process to achieve. You've mentioned a couple of times now the the difference in, you know, building a native version for Apple versus Android. Um, so what what is the difference between the two? Um, this is probably a really difficult question. Um, but obviously, you know, the iPhone version came out a long time ago and the Android one is just sort of like entering the waters now. Why, why is it taking so different? Uh, so long to build the Android version when the Apple one was already effectively done? So the Apple one, um, we 
we we tackled first, obviously, um, because we were users of Apple. So we, we didn't do it for any specific reason other than that, that we, we had we were Apple users and Apple fans, so we did that. We didn't realise how big those challenges uh, converted over to Android. And the difference is that uh, the Apple version is, I think, iOS 10 and above, which is supported by... Uh, iPhones 5 and above. Uh, so, we're, so we're dismissing that older technology of iPhone 4s to start with. Now, the consistency in hardware technology for the iOS, uh, sorry, the iPhone 5 and above, um, it's pretty good. The cameras are good. The processors are good. Whereas when you switch over to Android, there's a massive range in hardware quality. So we're talking different cameras, the way that it processes. So there's lots of small differences um, and lots of small differences combined make big differences. So it's taken us quite some time to iron out the app so that it works uh, at an acceptable level across all Android devices. And I believe there's still a couple of tweaks to go. Uh, just as an example, one thing we didn't consider that's been raised in the last couple of days was, I, c- I can't remember which Android device it is, the Edge. It is what it says on the box. The screen goes all the way to the edge and wraps around the edge a little bit. So therefore, when you're trying to time, any touch to that edge will trigger a split, so a, a finisher. So we've got to go back and possibly put a little bit of a, a, a buffer or a margin uh, around the touch area so so hands holding the phone don't trigger that start. So that's just one example of the challenges that we've faced trying to get that Android to market, the Android version to market, I should say. So yeah, <laughs> Not not so easy. So, Penny, what's been the initial feedback? I mean, we've been using the iPhone version for a while now. I've never had any problems with it whatsoever. So, big tick there. But what's the early feedback been with the Android release? Great. I mean, we've we've had a couple of smaller issues. Uh, I think, again, it comes down to the hardware quality. Those who are using nice new Androids are giving us great feedback and they've had absolutely no problems. I, I think uh, Michael Sharp from our Beaches Park Run locally tested it out a few weeks ago and said it worked brilliantly. And I think he <laughs> I think he managed, because it's a smaller Park Run, I believe he managed to use it for timing and scanning at the same time, but I'll, I'll have to double check that. Uh, but... Yeah, the the reports so far are mostly positive with a few with a few tweaks in order, which we would expect for a, a first version rollout. Apart from something like the edge, have you had too many people come back and say the buttons are too big? You know, I accidentally knock it all the time. No, I don't think so. I think I think because you're out in the sun and other other weather conditions, and I think it I think it needs to be pretty considerable for. Uh, you know, just just to make sure that because you, you're not constantly looking at the screen, so I, I think that's I think that's a feature rather than a, a an issue. Um, but yeah, probably just have to give it a little bit of a buff, buffer zone around it. And so this was obviously born about from a desire for you guys with such a big event at Nui and the larger numbers. So how can you compare the app when you're dealing with 500 plus runners compared to? juggling stopwatches and the traditional scanners when you've got such a large event? To be honest, it's probably a little bit uh, more time-consuming in the actual training and setup and getting everyone's phones in order and maybe a little bit of time at the end to retrieve the data. Uh, But the payoff for that is that for the last month or so, probably the last five weeks, I've received zero 
emails later post event uh, to say that I was scanned and I didn't get a result. So I'm not doing any of that. And with an event uh, the size that we get in peak season, it's not unusual for us to get a consistent 550, 600 runners. We'd, we'd probably get anywhere up to, say, 20, um, 20 plus emails post-run to say I was scanned but I didn't get a result. So that in itself saves us time. And I think just having a little bit of practice getting set up and a little bit of practice retrieving that data, I've got a bit of a process and I can probably give you a couple of tips um, that it takes me on a good day, on, a, on an average day, probably about three minutes to process the results. I can usually do that before my coffee arrives. So that's, yeah, it, that's, that's the benchmark. If you can process results uh, and get it in before coffee arrives, then it's a good, it's a good day. So we know you're from Newey. We have mm-hmm. mentioned that in the introduction and, and you've spoken about it. What's, what's your story as a park runner? You've been involved there as an event director for a very long time, but not since the start. No, uh, our, our friend Robbo, Dave Robbo Robertson, uh, kicked it off in, in Newcastle, uh, Newey, and I did what most people do. I heard about it through a few different sources and just get, getting this wind of, you know, this park run thing, this free event that happened. So I, I rolled along one Saturday and I think, you know, I was hooked in immediately. I just, the great community vibe, great feeling over there and, um, you know, not peop- a lot of people not taking running too seriously but at the same time really really enjoying it uh, a little bit of self-competitiveness I guess uh, so yeah I just I just started running within a couple of weeks I thought oh they wanted a, a photographer so I, I volunteered as a photographer and then ended up back at the, the the cafe with the team and did that for a few weeks and thought you know this this is great and started being interested in how they process results and it wasn't too long before, um, you know, Robbo was off on a few different adventures and uh, the team needed a little bit more support. So um, my husband and I ended up just stepping in on a very casual basis uh, and that turned into a more permanent basis and eventually uh, we took over as event directors uh, at the time with um, Scott and Ruth White as well. So there was four of us um, for, for the last for the last sort of four or five years, I think it is. Uh, and, yeah, just just took it from there. We, we absolutely love it and I think we've only been able to – to stick at it for that amount of time because we've got an awesome event team. It's it's certainly not just us doing it. We've got people who, you know, do the kit bag. They take the kit bag away and the volley vests away each week and come back and, and deliver them. A couple of people set up each week. So our job is so easy. We we pretty much turn up, train people, run the event, do the results, and then, and then that's it for the day with, with, you know, 10 people supporting us. So it's an awesome event and it's an awesome team. Well, I can tell that you love it because you've run there a lot <laughs> and you, you haven't adventured to too many other events, but you have done an overseas park run. You visited Chrissy Field and I guess Hobart is overseas as well. How have you enjoyed your time away from Newey Park Run? Uh, I have enjoyed a lot and I do realise that I haven't even ticked off. I'm not even what's called a regionaire, so I haven't ticked off the other park runs in the region. I think... You might be able to help me here, Scott. I think we're up to 13 in the the greater Newcastle-Hunter region. Uh, So we've just brought on a couple of uh, run directors. A few have faded off or gone back overseas. So we've we've, uh, just training up a couple of more run directors now. And then once once they're trained up, I'll be keen to to get a few more local runs and and a little bit more park run tourism in. So really keen for that. And that might give me the opportunity to go and see how everyone else is using the app as well. So I might do an app tour. 
Well, and what led you to Chrissy Field? We we're always curious to find out how the US experience goes. Why were you over there? Well, we went on a family holiday for, for about four weeks through the US um, and I think that was the only one that was anywhere within reach of where we were going. So we clearly, like everyone everyone does, we planned our holiday to make sure that we actually got one run in there. So it was a beautiful run, very small. I think there was about 20-odd people, maybe 30 people at the run. And surprisingly, thinking that would be the, you know, the tourists from, from Newcastle, from Newey, there were 19 locals who turned up for that run. So we ran into some people that we knew. So <laughs> we, there was more non-locals than there were locals. I think that's a familiar story. <laughs> Penny, it's been lovely having you on the show and listening to um, you teach us more about the technology and things behind the app. Before we let you go, do you have any tips for anyone who is considering using it but you know, maybe is a little bit um, cautious or has reservations? Uh, well, I think that a couple of things. Firstly, um, the, the scanning, if, if you're a bit nervous, the scanning uh, can be, I guess, dual scan. So, so maybe start along and st- go along to Parkrun with the Parkrun app and, and just if it's an, it's an event that's never used the app before and they're a bit nervous, one, one tip might be to go, go along and just do dual scanning. So get your scanners to go along and then just ask people, can I just scan you again just to try out this app? And that might give them the confidence. If they want to take that next step, just jump in and start using it. I, like I said, the, there's a minor we've, – we've got five scanners, up to five scanners at Newey, so I always – uh, write down the last digits of their phone number. So when I'm collecting data later, I can work out which which uh, phone delivered which piece of data um, and I just tick those off as I go just to make sure that I've got all the pieces. Um, and I think I've worked out that SMS is the best way to deliver that, uh, either SMS or email, so that we can get instant, clarifi- uh, instant confirmation that the data's been received before they leave the site. So not having to, you know, have issues uh, post Parkrun and then find out that I'm missing a little bit of data. So I think Parkrun will distribute, if they haven't already done so, some tips like this. But there's there's probably quite a few that, w- that we could give. I've been using this app now for... Oh, six months, the iOS version, and the Android version I've been using for the last couple of months in, in prototype form. So, uh, yeah, I, I, you, the timing is brilliant. Um, I, I think it's much better than the traditional timers because you can see clearly on the screen at least the last the last five people who crossed the line. Uh, scanning is the same thing. You get instant feedback. It, it gives a little vibrate when you scan a barcode so you know it's been scanned. You're not kind of guessing as you were with the old uh, infrared barcode scanners. So, yeah, jump in and have a crack. Awesome. All good tips. I'm sure there will be people out there download, downloading the app. And that's something I've told people too is just, you know, download it during the week and have a play at home before you come along. That helps build your confidence that you understand how things will all work. And no harm's done as well by creating, you know, some fake scanning at home. Yes, absolutely. Good tip, Mel. Thanks very much for joining us, Penny. It's been lovely having you. It's been a pleasure to be on. Joining us next, we have... uh a very familiar voice who hasn't been on the podcast in just a little while. He has got a new podcast off and running and we want to hear all about it. Welcome to the Parkrun Adventurers once more, Dave Robbo. 
Thank you very much, Mel. Great to be chatting with you and, and g'day, Scotty, and all the listeners. Now, we're very excited. More podcasts happening all over the place from some of our faves in Parkrun World. Can you give us a bit of a breakdown? Tell us what it's called and what it's about. Yes. Yeah, well, I was getting a bit itchy feet. Um, I, as some listeners may know, I was involved with a couple of podcasts many years ago, The Naked Runners, and then we had the, pod, the, the Parkrun show, AU. Uh, that was back at a time when podcasts weren't really that cool. You guys have you've, you, you've been lucky enough to be around in an era where they're certainly cool now, and you're leading the charge. Thought, righto, let's get get the hands dirty again. And but on the back of uh, doing a little bit of work with the great Steve Monaghetti up at the Gold Coast Marathon recently, uh, doing some commentary, decided to, uh, to see if he'd be keen to have a bit of a chat about running on a on a fairly frequent basis via podcast means and uh, he was up for it so we've had a couple of episodes now and it's called the marathon mystery tour it's a bit of a mystery exactly to us and to the listeners i'm sure what what direction it's going to take but effectively it's all about marathons running and a little bit of music as well we're bringing that in which is something that uh, both Mona and myself are very uh, passionate big music fans and uh, i've been known to dabble in a bit of music over the years as well. So we're bringing that in and, and adding a little, little bit of a different flavour so it's not just uh, running talk all the time. But, yeah, what a thrill to be able to have a chat with one of the most decorated and, and much-loved treasures of running here in Australia, Mono, and he's a great bloke and he's, he's a great great talker as well. And as you can imagine, lots of great stories. So um, we've been able, I've been able to tease a couple of days out of him so far on that show. But, yes, Marathon Mystery Tour. Get that one in your ears uh, if you haven't already. Well, Robbo, I have two episodes in. It's a great opportunity for us to get to know Mona. I mean, we know yep. him. He's been around for years, but there's a bit there's a bit of personality, as you said, coming out of Mona in the first two episodes. I think that's your challenge moving forward. Let's get to find yeah. out the real Mona. Yeah, no, fantastic to to go deeper and yeah, be, find out you know a bit more about about the man behind it all. And uh, I'll that'll be my mission, Scotty. So. Um, yeah, so it's been and it's been good fun so far, and we'll we'll hopefully rip another one out. Maybe not this week, but next week we should have episode three out ahead of the City to Surf, which is a very famous running event in Australia and uh, an event where Mona still holds the, the course record as well. No one's been able to knock him off since 1991, so we'll we'll have a bit of a City to Surf themed show coming up. I look forward to that one. I'll confess, Robbo, I didn't know it existed until Scotty told me about it this week, but I'm, I'm keen to get in and have a listen. You Is, is the plan for it to be weekly? Uh, I don't think we want to put that much pressure on ourselves. <laughs> I, I know, as, as well as you guys know, the, uh, the work that, that's involved with getting these shows out. And at the moment, just around our, our schedules and availability, we're probably going to keep it as more of a... Uh, whenever we can kind of deal. But, yeah, we'll, we'll strive to sort of every week or two get an episode up. And they're only um, fairly short, 20 to 30-minute jobs at the moment. We'll see what happens and might be able to bring some guests in. But having a bit of fun using a platform called Anchor um, and there's a you can basically be your own radio station using that and play some songs and break it all up and, and some stings and things. So, um, yeah, there's an opportunity for, for guests, uh, for people listening to be able to send through their questions via audio as well. And we can play those and use those on the show. So I'm, I'm sort of keen to explore that a little bit more. Um, it's a cool little platform. So, but it's also available on all the other uh, main podcasting platforms. So, yeah, maybe not exactly weekly all the time, but um, every every couple of weeks, 
Mel. So uh, we'll, we'll keep you hanging and, and waiting for, for the next editions to come out. Awesome. And now you may have already covered this off in one of the first two episodes that I haven't listened to yet, but is the name of the podcast a little bit of a nod to the Beatles and their magical mystery tour? Yeah, it definitely is. Well, well picked up in the graphics that we've got at the moment um, for the podcast show are uh, certainly the rainbow writing. And, uh, and so it's very much a nod to that. I actually text Mona as I was uh, dreaming up the idea of the name of it. I said, are you, are you a Beatles fan at all? He said, oh, I'm a bit more of a Beach Boys fan. But he's got all the albums and uh, he certainly knows his way around the Beatles catalogue. So he was happy to go with that. And um, that's the, the theme song is, of course, the Beatles' uh, Magical Mystery Tour. So we've kind of ripped that off a little bit. But, yeah, the Marathon Mystery Tour. And we're, uh, we're waiting to take you away. Can't wait for more episodes. As I said, I've listened to the first two. And um, everything you do, Robbo, I think is great. And this is, this is a bit of fun. Well, thanks, thanks very much, Scotty, and, and um, yeah, no, thanks for the support. And worth mentioning as well, Mona, as well as being um, one of the greatest runners we've ever produced in Australia, a very passionate park runner, as well as you you will know, and um, loves to volunteer at his home park run in Ballarat. He's down at Albert Melbourne Park Run, I think, recently, doing a speaking gig after that as well. So it's great that he he's aware of his his uh, position in the running world in in Australia, and he's happy to you know, give back, and that's exactly what he's doing uh, through this show. So, yeah, I hope, hope you and uh, and other listeners in, enjoy what we come up with. He was running at Albert. I had a run with him. I mentioned in the intro that we we, at, we were at the same park run, but I didn't actually see him on Saturday. But I did uh, join in for his speaking gig afterwards. And uh, he's he is very confident of his position in the Australian running scene. And it's good. It's good that people have got confidence and know where they stand. Because he is one of our greats, and he acknowledges and, it. <laughs> yeah, he still is, and he's still no mug. He's fifty-five at the moment, and uh, still running. What did he run the other day? Thirty-two thirty for a ten k. Uh, so yeah, I actually raced him up at the Gold Coast for the ten k up there, and he, I think he dusted me up by a couple of minutes there. So he's he's moving very well, and he's in the realms of actually breaking some world well world best or world records for his age categories uh, and age groups and stuff too so he's a he's a he's a fantastic runner as we know and he's even with a bit of age on his side he's still not picking out some fantastic results now Robert, we had penny on just before you talking the app but also talking a bit about newey park run and you got mentioned again that uh, you were the founder there can do you, want to, do you want to tell us the story we may have told it before but i've forgotten you've forgotten well, tell us the story about how newey park run came about Maybe the abridged yeah. version. Yeah, no, that's fine, mate. No, easy. I, I guess it started with my wife and I, Gabby, living in the UK, in London and in Edinburgh. And I still, to this day, I kicked myself, Scotty, that I didn't make the effort to, to take the four train stops from Earlsfield train station in southwest London down to Teddington and get off and go and run Bushy Park Run. I was there in 2005 as it was, as it was hatching. And um, so, but I did follow it. Followed it through the Marathon Talk podcast uh, and those guys talking about it. So when it finally launched and um, we'd moved back to Australia, um, I'd followed it and saw that it was launching on the Gold Coast. And within probably, um, well, what was that? April 2011, by Christmas that year, I was up there at the sister's place and ran it. And Tim O'Berg happened to be there that day. And I had uh, my sister knew, knew of Tim and uh, had lined up uh, a catch-up. And I had an intention to chat to Tim about how we could get one rolled out in Newcastle. And I reckon it was by about the 
the second kilometre of that park run, my first experience, I was convinced that Newcastle definitely needed one. So that was the origins of it. And the only thing that stopped us launching sooner, because we launched in July 2012, was uh, a three-month trip that my wife and I had overseas, where we actually got to go to Bushy and, uh, and meet PSH and, and see how it was, uh, which was fantastic. So we got a little taste of it and then got to come back and help uh, launch Newey Park Run on uh, the Queen's Birthday long weekend of 2012. So my wife was heavily pregnant at that stage, and uh, there was a, a band of three or four of us volunteering. 77 people turned up at the first event, and we were, I think, number seven Park Run to launch in Australia. So that's pretty much how it happened, mate. And um, and then, yeah, what are we up to? Almost or well, six and a bit years later, and still going strong and, and still has always kept, you know, that, that really nice sort of friendly vibe and the great work that Penny and... And, uh, and the current event directors do to keep that going um, and, yeah, make, make sure everyone's welcome. Even with a big crowd um, on most weeks, it's, uh, it's a credit to them. And, yeah, it's great that I can now come along and just and push the pram or run, run with a dog and, and have, a, have, a, have a barcode scan and, um, and a volunteer there. And, and it's, great. it's great that, yeah, it's on my doorstep as well. I actually live on the course, so <laughs> that's, a, that's a bit of fun. Robbo, it's been six years since Newey launched. You had your anniversary in July. Parkrun has changed a lot in Australia in that time. Can you give us a bit of your perspective on, on how that change has happened and, you know, what you think has improved? I mean, just look at the sheer weight of numbers, people participating, people volunteering, people being touched by the parkrun bug. And, um, you know, I, I remember... Back in the early days, we'd do the pre-run briefing and you'd, you'd chat to any first-timers and I warn them like I do now that, you know, their Saturday mornings will never be the same. This thing is, is addictive. And, uh, and that's, it's great that it hasn't really, the, the essence of it has, hasn't ever really changed. It's just been able to, to, to be uh, reached um, out to more communities and more, more people have been able to be touched by it. So um, in terms of the change, I guess it's, it's nice that, you know, as it's grown, we've We've had things in place to be able to handle that. Um, sometimes you sort of have had to catch up in a, in a short space of time, but, but I believe, yeah, it's in, in really good hands and as it continues to expand, um, we're seeing it done, you know, in a, in a safe and, uh, and a mindful way and hopefully that, yeah, that, that first experience that anyone has at, at a park run, it, it never really changes and it's got that welcoming feel and it's unlike any event, any running event, any, you know, group um, participation event that you're likely to, to ever do. So the number of times I've had to sort of, I've tried to convince people to come along, nothing beats actually getting that person on the ground to the park run to see it firsthand and taste it. And then generally they're hooked on it. So, um, yeah, it's been awesome to see even in our region, there's a couple of uh, park runs that I haven't even done in, in the region of runners now. And so I've, I've got to pull my finger up and go out and do nothing. Bar and, and Merry War, and there's plenty more on the cards too. So um, lots, lots to keep busy with Parkrun, even just in our area here. But you know, if I, if I make a trip to Sydney or go into state, there's any number of new Parkruns um, that you know that I've got on the list to do. And I just recently figured out where I stood in the Alpha Batir Club, and I was pleased to know I'm up to I'm up to twenty. So I did my Yurunga Parkrun. I ticked off the U, and uh, so only. 
or five slash six to go. So um, I'm going to have to I'm gonna have to knock those over in the next little while. In in that time, Robbo, obviously you've been involved in parkrun in various ways and forms. You know, we mentioned that um, you co-hosted the Parkrun Show AU podcast. You've been a, an event director, a territory director, um, a parkrun adventurer, essentially. How have you found the experience has changed for you personally as a runner over that time? Yeah, yeah. I guess um, I, when I started in 2012, I was an okay runner and, and was looking to sort of start to ramp up my training and see where, where I could get to with it all. A couple of kids come along and that slows things down initially for a period of time. Um, and I feel like I've, now the kids are uh, six and three coming out of that young kid uh, set up at home and I've been able to get back to a bit more running again. So I've enjoyed just being able to to do more running in general and, and also keep in touch with with park running and volunteering and but then start to I guess as I um, the responsibility of being an event director I, I sort of moved away from that and uh, I was able to sort of start to be a bit more of an be a bit more adventurous if you like and that's been fun um, so yeah I, I my, my own perspective and my experience of the park run um, are that any any that I go to I just love the fact that you can turn up with that barcode and um, and people you know, welcoming straight away and you're, you're part of the the cult, part of the club straight away when you turn up. And um, and I I really love, you know, we have a fairly large uh, participation number each week at Newey, but I, I love getting to the ones which have 15 people or 20 people or 30 people in there, maybe just starting out and um, and that's really nice as well. So it's it's just so lovely to be able to see the, the diversity of, of, um, of courses, of the people at the park runs and uh, have an excuse to put the shoes on, you know, in, in any little pocket of Australia. What are we up to? Over 320 events now, so there's a fair chance wherever you are in the country, you're, not, you're never too far away from one. So, yeah, really, really loving that. Robbo, thanks for the catch-up. And just watch those numbers, those download numbers soar now for the Marathon <laughs> Mystery Tour podcast. Well, thank you very much, and I'll, I'll make sure we, uh, we give you a reciprocal plug on the show. We're always... Uh, Talking with Mono is funny on the commentary at the Gold Coast. We talked in a number of park runs to go. So park runs always, it's only a breath away from most conversations that I'm having. So um, now thanks very much, Scotty and Mel. And yeah, keep up the great work yourself. The Poem Zone. Ha-ha! Weren't expecting that, were you, people? We're going straight to the poem zone. Could this be the last time, Mel? Is this our last poem? It is not our last poem, Scotty. Oh. We still have a couple more weeks at least. Really? Really? I really should check the email more closely. <laughs> or at all. But, that would help. Yeah, but because this is a long one. And Scotty has... I, I want it noted for the record that you want to share with me. Yes. Yes. So, should I start? Please yeah, let do. me start. Introduce, introduce it first, though. This is, once again, from our good mate, Caroline. She's sent us in a few, and we are dragging them out, Caroline, as we said we would. <laughs> Apparently for a couple more weeks, which is great. But this is, this is she's put a bit of work into this one because it's long. And it's about Shell Harbour Parkrun, very familiar to all of us. Parkrun Adventurers Listener Meetup this year. That was a bloody good thing we did, wasn't it? We're going to do it again next year. It was. We should. 
We'll talk about that in the next couple of weeks. Here we go. Mist fills the space around me as I stand atop this little mountain looking down towards the beach. Breath escapes my mouth as I wait for the sun to break and my fellow runners to arrive. Sound comes from behind me as cars pull into the small car park and one person after another spill out. Cold seeps through my clothes as I jiggle on the spot waiting with camera in hand to catch the moment. Friends from near and far call out to me as they tumble into the park, also waiting in anticipation for the start. Ah, my thing doesn't scroll down that far. (laughs) (laughs) It's a very long poem. It's my turn, but it won't let me get through. There's only, I know, light. That must be it. That must be the whole of the rest of it. Light breaks over the horizon as I look for a way to capture the sun, the mist and the beach. Ooh, wowee. That was fancy. It was. Apologies for the little intermission there as uh, I struggled with the scroll button. Not a rhymey poem for you this week, Scotty, but I think you did quite well. I tried. I tried because I knew people would be comparing because we were sharing, so I tried. I tried my best. <laughs> I put my poem's own voice on for that one. Good it's job. a nice one. Thanks again, Caroline. Now let's get to roving reports because we've got three, three batches. Uh, first, we're going to catch up with Tok, who went down to Phillip Island and, and found a familiar voice to listeners. Dave Moss has left us, Mel, and he's left you in particular. <laughs> I'm not going to say I feel deserted. Um, however, That's what you told it's me fantastic off to have... Dave Dave has gone to the next level in the Channel 5 News crew. He has become our foreign correspondent. And uh, the first week he's coming to us from Hampstead Heath in the UK. Which Very is great. Exciting. So he's going to be over there for a while, yeah? He is, yes. So um, I expect we'll get a lot more reports from the UK and any little adventures he happens to have around Europe while he's over that way. Great. Great. And we're going to finish up with M. Nicholson who had the – Lucky honour of heading to Dumaji Parkrun last week, and she got a couple of interviews. So take it away, Tok. Hi, guys. It's Tok reporting in for the Channel 5 News crew down at the lovely <laughs> Phillip Island. Um, I've got a bit of a guest with me here. She's just set the course record, but I guess before she introduces herself, I, I think we just need to put a language warning up given the last podcast. <laughs> Again, I promise. <laughs> uh, if you'd like to introduce yourself and... Uh, yeah, tell us what you thought of Phillip Island course. Uh, morning, everyone. I'm Hannah Aldroyd, um, and Phillip Island is absolutely stunning. Um, I guess the day helps because it's absolutely bright sunshine, but yeah, come visit. It's a gorgeous day, and the, the course, that out-and-back course, is beautiful around. You get to look out over the bay for the whole way, except if you're running a course record time and knocking about a minute off the course record here. Well done. <laughs> Thank you. No worries. All right, we'll call it quits there, and thanks for coming down to Phillip Island. Good luck at Run Melbourne tomorrow. Thank you. Cheers. Hello, we've just uh, completed the Hampstead Heath Park Run, and I'm with two of the uh, directors and event director, and your names are? Andy. Michelle. Okay, and Michelle, you were doing the directing today. How did you get into Park Run? Um, I was first introduced to Park Run by some friends who uh, used to run the Bushy Park Run, which was the original. Um, then when I moved to North London, I found Hampstead Heath Park Run, and I've been coming here ever since. Um, it's today was your first uh, 
IFLAI Believe as run director. That's right, yeah. So I've been doing it a few years, so I thought I'd uh, take the plunge and, and uh, join the run directors, um, other run directors as a volunteer. Um, and how did you feel? Yeah, it was go. good, really good fun, and mainly because I know got to know quite a few people here, and so everyone was really supportive and helpful. Um, had a really fab bunch of volunteers today, so it went pretty well. You seem to have quite a few volunteers, actually. Yes, we did have quite a few volunteers. Yeah, I think we're a fairly close knit bunch, or certainly uh, there's a crowd of us who are, and so I think uh, yeah, everyone's happy to help. And how would you both describe the course? Very hilly, very pretty, um, but probably the toughest one in London. Yes, I didn't realise London had so many hills. <laughs> yes, they, they are a hidden beauty. <laughs> a benefit is there's some good views from some of the top of the hills of the London skyline in the distance. Okay, I may have missed those today. I think I was huffing and puffing too much and just looking at the ground. <laughs> yeah, I think you can see you can see a bit of London in the distance um, from the top of Parliament Hill. Yeah, we don't quite. Our course doesn't quite go all the way up to the viewpoint, mm -hmm. but um, it's not very far from our course. And I noticed a few people went off for a swim straight after. Yes, I don't swim, but Michelle does, <laughs> and she seems to love it. There are a few ponds in Hampstead Heath, um, so yes, a lot of the park runners go and take a dip after they've completed their run, just and, to cool off. And we should add, today was a rather warm day. I gather yes. last week was even uh, warmer. It's a, a decent summer. Yeah, very decent summer so far. Not typical, but it's been great. And how many runners do you normally get? Um, at the moment, we're averaging about 380. Uh, every year we seem to be getting a lot more runners turning up, which is great. Um, uh, but yeah, we we have definitely grown a lot since um, Michelle and I started here, which was in 2013. Where do, uh, there were a lot of visitors uh, today, or to me it seemed like a lot of visitors, where do they all come from? I think we get people um, from all over the world, really. We get people from different parts of the UK, different parts of London sometimes, um, especially if nearby events are cancelled for some reason. Um, but yeah, it's people coming from anywhere because Hampstead Heath is very, very pretty and it's a very good it place to like do a lot of activities and I'm sure there's something to suit anyone. So people tend to find that Hampstead Heath Park Run is quite popular because they can do other things after that. Okay. And Andy, I did mention this, how did you end up being event director? Um, I think I may have got um, tricked into it. <laughs> no, no, no. I, 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 I enjoy um, organising things and um, Damien wanted a bit of help while he was training for the comrades. So we thought, why not? I was like, I will do it if I have some help from someone because I'm not doing it by myself. So Beautiful. Damien and I do it together. We split the work. Okay. Thank you very much. So we've got Trenton and Will with us here. Um, they've just uh, come down to the Doomagee Parkrun launch. G'day, how's it going today? Yeah, good, good thanks. So tell us a little bit about uh, you running or what it's like down here. What brought you out here this morning? PCYC really bring us down here. Um, I started working with PCYC at the start, uh, end of last year and um, oh, basically uh, they had the, um, they started the Delhi Runners and um, they took us down to Brisbane. We took some kids down to Brisbane and um, Trenton was there as well to help out, to um, help with the kids. And they took us on our first park run, which was at seven o'clock in the morning. And um, yeah, they it really took it out of us, but it was really good. <laughs> Bit of an early start. We completed it, yeah. Which um, park run did you do? I forgot what the I forgot what it was, but it was down in um, 
Gold Coast. Oh, it was that the one Coast. Mel took you to Mudra Bar? Yeah. 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 That one. Yeah. 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 That one. And um. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's good. So it's a seven a.m. start at Mudra Bar. What time did we start this morning? Nine o'clock. It's, it's different coming here. Well, I didn't really finish this one because the heat is just yeah, it's not that good. And it's only winter at the moment. How hot does it get up here in summer? Forty, about 40, 41, 42. Oh. Maybe more. Yeah. Yep. So it'll be more of a park walk than a park run those uh, days? Park crawl, I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> and you came down to the Gold Coast too, Trenton? Yeah. Mel um, came and she got me in some uh, mountains, so I enjoyed it running. So uh, excited running on this one at home. And what are the plans for, for future running goals? Where would you like to see yourself? Uh, I'd like to improve, improve the uh, scores where I get when I come. Yeah, Hopefully get to do it every weekend, yeah. every Saturday. Just train up for it so I can complete it. And the thing about parkrun is it's not a race. It's all about uh, beating your, your previous best yeah, and, yeah. and getting yeah, your PB. Yeah. It's all about doing your best and you know beating your own personal best. And we have the Morton family that uh, joined us today at the Doomingy Parkrun launch. Tell us a little bit about uh, how you came to be here at Doomingy today. Yeah, so we were um, camping down at Lawn, um, Lawn Hill Gorge and had a look at the um, Parkrun website for, for events between where we were and Darwin just to try and help us plan out our trip. And um, it was a dot out by itself, uh, which happened to be pretty close to where we were. Well, only a couple of hours drive, so um, we managed to time our trip to, to come through this morning and be involved with the, the launch here in Doomadgy. And what did you think about the event? It was so, great. Yeah. Everyone high five, which is cool. Lots of high fives. <laughs> Lots of smiles out on the course. Yeah. So yeah. we had a lot of first time parkrunners today. We've never even heard of parkrun. So I think you know having some tourists here to, to show them you know, how much we enjoy it and that sort of thing was a really good idea. Um, where is your home parkrun? Timboon. It's... Southwest Victoria. Oh, okay. <laughs> you haven't heard of Timboon? No. <laughs> no, it's oh, in Queensland, are we? Victoria's a bit, uh, a bit yeah, out of, out of my geographical knowledge um so how many different park runs have you guys done now uh we've done timboon warnable bundaberg Concari, and here yeah so haven't been a curia oh um diamond creek as well oh yeah diamond creek yeah so yeah. mostly in victoria oh, okay. and mostly like visiting family or something like so that so compared to the ones that you've already done how does dumaji rate as a different sort of course it's a lot hotter and <laughs> a lot sandier, but it's pretty sandy. Yeah, but it was fun. Okay, thanks very much for your time. <laughs> and we've got Sarah and Shanley here. Shanley and Sarah teach together at the Doomadgee Primary School. Shanley did her first parkrun this morning and Sarah's done 15. What do you think um, parkrun has the potential to do for, for the kids in the town? I think it's really great getting the kids and community together. You know, it's, um, they've never really done that before. Yeah. I think um, they really enjoyed doing deadly runners with teachers and adults around. So hopefully, and there, there's been a fair few kids rolling a bit later today. So hopefully next week we can have a few more with their new shoes. And yeah, they'll get out and raise the heartbeat. And that's what it's all about. And have a bit of fun, of course. <laughs> How long have you been in town for te teaching here at Dumaji? Yeah, so I came in at the start of this year, so I've just done six months and hoping to stay for at least two years. Um, Shanley? I've been here since um, late last year. Yeah, um, I just recently moved back to Doomadgee. I'm originally from here, but 
I've been living in down in the Tablelands nearly my whole school years. Yeah. I, I know that um, when a park run first starts up, that it really does need the support of, of the community um, to, to continue. Um, do you think um, the, the ongoing um, park run is something that the community will support? Yeah, I think so. It's going to be a little bit difficult as it gets hotter. <laughs> um, even my participation, I might probably end up to volunteer when it's too hot. But um, no, there's high levels of energy in community and um, it's just about putting those feelers out and yeah, reaching the right people and def- it's all achievable. Yeah, and especially I'm really lucky with Shenley and so we'll go back into class and show our kids pictures and I'm sure we'll be able to get a few more of our kids here next week. Um, yeah. Oh, that's brilliant. So I will look out, look forward to seeing those pictures as well. Hopefully. Thanks very much for your time. No Thanks, crew. We, we travelled the country and the globe this week. Interesting point about Hannah. Hannah was back. She, she must be appearing on every Parkrun podcast every week these days. She's getting a mention. But um, you, you, you mentioned something to me, Mel, that she's got the most first finishes in the world. Most female first finishes or just most in the world in general. Um, definitely most female first finishers. I'm not sure actually if she's got more than the boys. Let's give it. Let's let's say let's say she has. Let's just do it. <laughs> okay. It, it's a good excuse to get Ian back on the podcast. We haven't had facts in a haystack for a long time, so there's something for Ian to put on his list. But well done, Hannah. She's fast and she ran. Um, Talk mentioned she ran run Melbourne on the weekend and won it. Very nice. Very nice. And yay, Doomagy as well. Yay, Doomagy. And you know what? Um, Dave Dave Moss also he sent me some extra notes as well after his um, audio, and he recommends that uh, anyone who goes to visit Hampstead he sticks around for an extra five hours to enjoy breakfast, uh, have a swim, maybe wander around in the park, visit Kenwood House, and uh, maybe pop into a pub as well. Little known fact, or maybe it's not little known. Um, Hampstead Heath was actually used in part of the filming for Notting Hill. Did you know that, Scotty? Uh, no, I didn't. No. No. Well, there you go. There you go. Some fun facts coming out this week. We have one launch. Speaking of funness. Yep. We have one <laughs> launch in Australia this week, and it's going to be a beauty because it's in South Australia. It's been a long time coming. I'm going to have a go at pronouncing it. Pacapacanthi Park Run is good. launching. Oh. How'd I go? Pretty good, eh? Been practicing all week. Yep. Yeah, we heard about Packer Picanthi from PK, who was at the trial a few weeks ago. I hope it goes well. Sure, it will. We've got a bunch of anniversaries as well. We have Blackbutt in New South Wales, Chelsea Bicentennial in Victoria, Claysbrook Cove in WA, and Victor Harbour in South Australia. Fun for everyone with anniversaries, but you know what else it's time for, Scotty? I fear this because it's uh, we're recording on Wednesday, August the 1st. It means that it's time to pick up the challenge of the Freedom Run that we uh, we mentioned in July. One of the podcasts, I can't remember which number. But we, we said that once we get to August, we're going to do Freedom Runs. Once a week. So this is an easier challenge. Streaky September's coming. This is a nice little lead-in. What we're going to do, one Freedom Run a week for the month of August. I already started. So I went out to Diamond Creek last week and did a little freedom run there just to sort of get me back into the mood. It was my closest, so it was easiest. 
You know, I'll have to be honest, I haven't thought about this. And I did say at the time that I was not going to get caught up and, and sucked into your challenge. However, now I'm kind of thinking maybe, maybe I will. It's a pretty um, easy or one Or at least I'll, st I'll start for the first week because guess what? I am heading down your way overnight tomorrow. Um, well, when I say down your way, Melbourne. So I think maybe I might sneak in a freedom run down there somewhere. Where would you recommend? Where are you going to be staying? In the city? I'm going to be staying uh, at St Kilda, I think. I'll have okay. to double check. Your options are limited. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> well, they're only limited in so much as I can travel, you know. Well, so if you I'm can travel. I'm perfectly it... capable of catching trains and trams, etc. There's a good one out uh, in Templestad. It's called Westerfolds. That's <sighs> a good one. I've been there, done that. That's probably a little bit further than I want to travel, unless somebody wants to give me a lift. No, I'm, I'm busy. Um... Well, we have more than listeners than just you, Scotty. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Chances are they're probably... Oh, no, you're right. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I think you're a bit overdue for that well, one there, Scotty. Yeah, the, uh, the timer time time turned off, so shit. I hope you come back next week. <laughs> um, I tell you, you're closest to Albert Park, but there's plenty. There's plenty if you haven't done it. Head down to Chelsea Bicentennial. That's along the, the bay. It's only about a 30-minute drive from St Kilda. Nice okay, flat well, out-and-back course. Okay. Um, head to Parkville. Catch the tram up to Parkville. That's also nice and flat. Well, well, I'll I'll see what I can do. I will I will get out the tourist tool to see where my closest five k's are and try to map out the um the travel and things. Public transport's okay down your way, isn't it? Yeah, it's pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah, I wouldn't know. I never catch it, but people tell me it's great. <laughs> well, I will be able to confirm or deny that. In the next couple of days. Right. So we want our listeners to join in on this challenge too. I'm not sure how we're going to monitor it, but just um, just do it, people. It'll be fun. Well, take photos. Um, hashtag us on Strava. Share your runs on Strava, your freedom runs. Call them freedom runs and share them in the club. And hashtag parkrun adventurers on Instagram. Take some selfies. Do it on Twitter. You know, let's let's get it happening on the social media. So we know that you're doing your freedom runs out there. And it can be local. It can be a home park run. And you can do it over and over again. But just uh, they're the rules. And you know what? Should, should we invite some audio, Scotty, if people want to give us the rundown on their freedom run? Well, that's kind of how it started, wasn't it? When we, it, it was is. the highlights episode. reviews. Yeah, it was the highlights episode, Mel, when we went back and we had to listen to the reverse freedom runs. So, yeah, that's a good yeah, idea. So Share your audio. Get some reviews. Us. In which case, you can email your audio to parkrunadventurers at gmail.com. With some poems about freedom <laughs> runs. Well, now you might be asking a lot, Scotty. <laughs> True. Mel, let's wrap this up this week. It's been another long one. And I know you've got a plane to catch again, heading down to wonderful Melbourne. So thanks for joining me. <laughs> thanks, thanks for joining me. You've been hilarious this week. I'm not just saying that. <laughs> and um, I really look forward to hearing from you twice next week. Yeah, a little bit nervous about the second edition, but we'll see how we go. Hopefully I don't let the team down. At don't, don't worry. Down. It'll be the same as we've done for 121 episodes. Don't be nervous about that. It's not all about you, Scotty, okay. or your podcast. <laughs> Oh, there you go again. There <laughs> <laughs>